welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The Sports Buffoons are finally back. We got our boys Tanner Dawson over here to my side and Jason JG. What's going on, guys? What's going on, everybody? What's up, yo? Good to be back here in the KC. Absolutely. As you guys can see, we have switched it up a little bit. We now have a brand new Sports Buffoon Studios location. Uh, we're still, you know, we're still in, you know, Kansas City area. We're in Lenexa now instead of Overland Park. So, subtle chains, as you guys know, those two cities kind of connect. So, not that much of a difference. As you can see, we're still rocking it with the Mahomes, of course, as well of course. as, you know, we got, Tanner, you got this, you got some good Royals gear going on up here. What do you think of that? I know, you're, uh... You're probably kind of shocked that I have good Royals gear, but I also got some good Chiefs gear. And not enough Jayhawk stuff, guys. But we'll leave mm. that to a different time. Yeah, I don't know about the Jayhawk stuff. I don't know if I want to get into that whole uh, ball game, especially with football season being at the forefront uh, since KU does not have a football team. So, um, so Jason, how, how was your guys' past week? We've been off air for the last uh, two weeks. You did do a solo you put out, which was yes. awesome, yes. back when you were in Lake Tahoe on vacation. And here we are. Um, tell me, how was your trip? It was a great trip. Had a lot of fun. I enjoyed uh, talking to you guys out there on my solo. Uh, it hurts me a little bit that we can't talk NBA on this show, but I just did. So we'll, we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> well, the NBA is going to be put on the back burner here for a while, as you guys know. Uh, with Chiefs training camp being underway now, we are a full week into camp. We are now two days into padded practices. The buffoons here ourselves will be at Chiefs training camp yes, as of guys. Thursday morning. So we will be at camp tomorrow. Uh, very excited to see how things are running because we were not there last year due to the COVID situation. And we have an opportunity once again to go back. And uh, really, we're going to be there for you guys as well, the audience. We're going to be taking some notes. Um, we're going to be seeing, you know, maybe we might even do a little video feed for the Twitter out there and also the YouTube. So look out for that. We do want to give you guys as much and as in-depth detail as we can as our experience with training camp unfolds. Um, so what are you guys drinking before we hit on some Chiefs fantasy? And uh, we have a pack opening for Jason Grayson here in a little bit. Um, uh, I got me a little uh, Knob Creek going on here, a little whiskey. But, of course, we got to start with whiskey to start the, the, new, uh, the new venue and new setup. So always got to go strong. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the uh, Buzz Balls. Mm. Choc teas. <laughs> Pretty sure it has vodka, but I don't really care what's in there. I'm just going to drink it anyway. Sounds appealing to me. I have a buzz ball as well myself, actually. You talked me into it. We went to Gomer's a little bit ago, and I got the strawberry Rita buzz ball. So I'll be trying that out at some point during the show. But um, at least for now, I guess I'm going to have a little bit of whiskey at the moment. So because it's a one-hour show. I mean, we got we got to load we, up here. You gotta have got to have drinks. Got to have all of our drinks loaded up. We are the buffoons. We are here to. Uh, you know, entertain as well as uh, sip on some good stuff as well with you guys. So, guys, let's kick it off here. Uh, Chiefs camp, like I said, is underway. Uh, we've obviously seen a few things here. I think Andy Reid has mentioned this week he's actually very happy with how things are going within camp. Um, and that guy being obviously a very seasoned coach, been around the game for a long, long time now. I mean, going on almost 40 years, uh, going back to his days at, as an O-line coach for Mizzou Tigers. Here he is now. It is, uh, I think, t- how many years now as a head coach? Uh, 24? 23? 23. 23 years as a head coach now in the NFL. And he has no complaints yet to this point. 
Um, now, this team here is going to look a little different in some situations, I believe, because obviously, as we know, Sammy Watkins is no longer part of the receiving group. And for me, that's something to definitely watch out for because if you guys remember in the past when Watkins has been missing games due to injury, the Chiefs have had problems actually in those games receiving-wise. The, the, the Dolphins was less productive without Sammy Watkins on the field. And so having a whole season of that, at least now we have some guys now in the mix after Tyreek Hill that need to step up. Correct. Uh, Miko Hardman absolutely <clears throat> needs to step up. And it's not to say he's played bad by any means at this point in his career, but two years in a row now, had over 500 yards receiving. Uh, last year, this is our, our deep, you know, he's a burner. He's a burner next to Tyreek. And last year just had four touchdowns, and 49 was his longest catch of the season, 49 yards that is. Um, I just think that between Byron Pringle, who for a career now has two touchdowns and just 25 catches, to Marcus Robinson, who uh, I think we need to see more consistency from. Obviously, he's got some issues with, with some drops. Uh, not exactly the quickest guy by any means on the, on the field, but uh, he's got 11 touchdowns for a career, and I think like three of those came in one game against the Raiders at one point. Yeah. yeah. I just think that at this point, when you look at this, this receiver roster the Chiefs currently have, one of these guys needs to step up, and I don't know if you've paid attention or heard anything what's going on in camp, but I'm just curious to see what you guys think about who's going to take over and become a legitimate number two weapon in this Chiefs offense because we need another 1,000-yard receiver to go with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill cannot go do it all on his own. I mean, he could put up 1,500 yards, but who's going to put up 800 to 1,000 yards next to him as a WR2? Who was that guy in your guys' opinion? Yeah, I would say, you know, Demarcus Robinson, we know he's been doing some good things in camp right mm -hmm. now. But for me, it's got to be McCall Hardman. And the reason I say McCall Hardman is because, first of all, he's fast as fuck. But second of all, <laughs> Andy really, Andy Reid really trusts the guy, I feel. He's comfortable putting him into high leverage situations. He's done that before. So for me, the guy that needs to step up, and I, I believe he will step up, is McCall Hardman. I, I agree. I think Hardman has the potential. He has the ability. Um, obviously, we've seen the talent, and he's improved every year, especially route running was a big uh, question mark when he was coming into the league. And he's gone tremendously better. But I think our issue is there's a there might be a confidence issue with McCall uh, because uh, just he hasn't had the opportunity the last couple of years that he thought he should. Uh, Demarcus Robinson had way more targets and way more chances of doing stuff than Hardman. So I think this year, Hardman knowing that, hey, I can make a big impact on this team, and I think he will. And we've seen it in camp. He's made some nice sideline catches. Uh, if you watch any of the, the highlights, he's been a really part of the highlight film, which is awesome to see is what we want to see. Um, he's, he's getting open. He's making the hard catches, which is exactly what you need to do with Tyree Kill on the other side and Travis Kelsey right there. So I think Hardman is going to be a great step. He's going to have a great stepping stone season. Uh, but watch out for uh, Callaway. Mm -hmm. Antonio Callaway came from Cleveland. Speedster, right, just like Hardman, just like Hill. The guy has actually been uh, – Randy Reed was talking about him. The enemy talked about him as well. They're liking what he's seen. Even Patrick Mahomes likes what he sees. So if Callaway can – keep out of a trouble he could be a sneaky maybe three four receiver that eventually could turn into a number two on this team yeah i say i think the chiefs could keep six receivers this year without oh, yeah. a doubt because if you look at the depth chart right now antonio callaway actually is behind Miko hardman on the depth chart according to orlads 
And so with the mix right now, you got Cornell Powell, obviously, mm-hmm. will make this roster. It's our, you know, big physical kind of guy, but also he calls himself a playmaker. So, and we've seen some of his highlights, obviously, from Clemson. And I think the guy does have some ability down the field to make some plays, as well as have a big rocked up body. He's physical as well, as far as in the blocking game, running an outside sweep. I think he can be involved in that because here's the problem, Tanner. The Chiefs have ran into in the past is that Miko Hardman is undersized. And you have now two undersized receivers as your WR1, WR2. And so Tyreek Hill, obviously, we already know he's not necessarily going to be your blocking receiver no, like Sammy not Watkins. Like Sammy Watkins was. Sammy yeah. Watkins was a great blocker and is a great blocker in the National Football League as a receiver. And that's one of those things we would see them run to his side a lot because they knew they could rely on him to block and get, be able to take out a corner in that situation when you're going to the outside. When you have Hardman and Tyreek on the field, I'm assuming it's going to be an inside play as far as in the run game if you're going to run at all. Otherwise, I mean, those are two liabilities at blocking by itself. Yeah. But I think that's also where you're going to see more of a three tight end package Mm -hmm. come into play, and they're going to run away from that direction. They might have Tyreek maybe on that blocking side, but outside of that, I don't think you're going to see Hardman do much blocking at all. It's a lot of rotational things going on based on situational gameplay. Uh, Pringle, obviously, is a big-bodied guy as well. So between Demarcus, who I think is actually a decent blocker, that's part of why he gets as much playing time as he does. And then Powell and then Pringle. And then we'll see how Callaway turns out because, obviously, he's a guy who's had some off-the-field concerns. That's why the Browns let him cut loose. And he's a guy trying to rejuvenate his career but also has shown in the past he has ability to make plays as well. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's a guy. Any surprises you guys think as a receiver that could make this team or make this roster? Because uh, Garrett Dieter has been rooming with Mikko Hardman throughout training camp to this point. So I want to see if Garrett Dieter could maybe make I this mean, roster. If you're, if you're you know, talking that year. there's potential of keeping six, yeah, Dieter could sneak his way onto this. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's the end of the road for Marcus Kemp project. Even with the special teams uh, ability? Even with the special team going? ability. I, I think if you're going to keep that many receivers, you can't – like with all the depth that you need on the defensive side alone, you can't keep an, a Kemp, a, a Dieter, a Callaway, a Pringle, a Powell, a Robinson, a Hardman, mm-hmm. a Hill. You just, that's just too much. Unfortunately, I think Kemp's on his way out. He also has kind of a – like I love, I love his confidence, but he's also kind of showboating in a way, thinking he's better – like today he did a Randy Moss mm-hmm. style. Where he thought, hey, you know, toss me the ball over Sneed. Well, Sneed intercepts it. Oh, yeah. So, like, you can't be doing those kind of dumb plays on a, on a, on a training camp that, hey, you're probably going to be walking. Yeah, there's a chance for that. And I know. saw, uh, Tanner, you put out on our Instagram page, as a matter of fact, your own depth chart. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, throughout the social your, media, Your actually. own, basically, 53-man roster. Is that right? I did. I did a, uh, after week one, a little 53-man roster. with some. So, I, I had Kemp cut, Dieter cut. Uh, in the receiver ranks, uh, I had Callaway, Pringle, Powell, and Robinson, and Hardman all making the team with Hill, of course. So, uh, on the, as far as receiver goes, that's uh, kind of how I'm seeing things roll out, just from a depth standpoint, right? Yeah, and I agree with you. There's no way they're going to be able to keep all of those guys. I no. just like the fact that those guys are able to compete, especially now with you have uh, you got Tyreek Hill battling knee tendonitis, yeah, and that's not supposed to be a serious injury. But they're not going to let him do a whole lot, you know, going forward in camp. So I like the competition. All these guys are getting a chance. And we're going to see what they can do. But we're not going to be able to keep all those guys moving forward. Yeah, there's just too many kind of a mixed bag, I think, in that situation. But I have another question for you, actually, uh, Jason JG here. 
so as you can see, the Chiefs' offensive line and how they're kind of maneuvering things, the first couple days of training camp, the Chiefs went in with the offensive line with having Mike Rimmers at right tackle. And now there's some concerns or questions, I should say, more accurately, is that the Chiefs could have, honestly, an entire right side of the offensive line being basically essentially rookies. Is that something that concerns you? Because right now we're looking at Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle, Joe Tooney at left guard, we have Crete Humphrey, the rookie from Oklahoma, at center, Trey Smith as well from Tennessee, who was a late-round pick, but yes. the, 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 the sixth staff – sixth rounder but the staff loves trey smith and the dude has played great in oh, pads the last two days so i cannot wait to go see him on day three in pads he's holding his own uh, against frank clark chris jones everybody mm-hmm. really he's he's, he, he's actually been doing really well and he t- yeah. today made taco charlton this look uh look like nothing might be a steal but then at right tackle remove mike rimmers and lucas nyang is now working at right tackle and mm-hmm. he opted out due to covid last season and will be this will essentially be his rookie season. So, is this something that surprises us or surprises you, Jason? I want to ask you in particular because I'm just curious to think like, if is this going to be an issue? Because we saw Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl have to run behind the line of scrimmage for 496 yards behind the line of scrimmage, scrambling. We can't have that happen again. I think this offensive line is depth. I think oh. it's I think it's got nastiness to it, and I think it looks better by far than it did last year because we had a bunch of weak little dudes. Not going to lie. Andrew Wiley, no offense. I like you, man, but you're just not cut out, in my opinion, to be starting on this offensive line. No. Um, so is this going to be an issue, Jason? I mean, it's not an issue for me. I mean, we all know that Mike Remmers, basically, he he's not that good. But I, I, I love the addition of Orlando Brown Jr. And to me, that makes all the difference in the world. And like I said on my solo podcast last week, I mean, if you put Orlando Brown Jr. on that offensive line – during that Super Bowl game last year, I think the Chiefs win the game. I think it would have been close, but I think they win the game. But, yeah, I mean, I I don't have huge concerns right now over the offensive line just because they've improved it so much. No, yeah, this this line is going to be a total 360 than what we're used to. Past years, we're like, oh, we might be three, pretty good. You mean a 180, Tanner? Oh, 180, sorry. Yeah, 180. <laughs> Hoping you. you out there. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> so it's, it's just going to be totally different, guys. So in past years – I mean, we can go as back as far as we want to the O three team. Uh, that we're like, oh, we got we got guys returning, right? There's chemistry. There's there's something there that's going to keep whoever the quarterback may be, uh, you know, protected. Well, obviously last year a lot of those returners did not do well, and then injury bugs hurt. Remmers went to left tackle, obviously in the Super Bowl, and we all know what happened there. But I think with Remmers, I could see. A right side being all rookies just by the fact also on health. So Niane uh, right now is getting a lot of reps. He's going against Clark. He's going against Jones. Um, he's getting a lot against Jones right now. And he's actually holding his own pretty well on some of the highlights I've seen. Uh, Jones isn't completely blowing it up, uh, but he is enough to where Patrick's able to get the throw off. Uh, now Mike Rembers is battling some back spasm issues as of this past few days. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Like, do you want the guy to be able, your every down right tackle again to have back issues like Mitch Schwartz last year? Or do you want a guy like Nian who had to sit out but who's still really talented, still really in shape and did a lot of offseason works? I think I think you are going to see a right side, uh, center, and then the right guard, right tackle be essentially rookies. And you're going to see a whole new – version of the way Reed and Bienemy run 
a different place. And what do you mean by that? Do you think they're going to run plays? I think you're going to see a lot more of a run game happening. So, like, between the running backs we have right now, Williams is going to get a lot of work. Hilaire and McKinnon are all going to get a lot of – you're going to go to the right side. Trey Smith, Niane alone are brawlers. Like, those guys are monsters. Well, think about this, Tanner. The Chiefs have always been a misdirection team. Correct. And Andy Reid schemes that up very, very well. He's the best, in my opinion, that I've ever seen do it as far as misdirection, scheming things open. And a lot of that has been offensive line Mm -hmm. work where he's literally – I think Andy Reid's known. The offensive line's been weak at times, and he will scheme up plays to help basically accentuate the qualities that they do have and then hide the flaws in the run game at times. Trap plays here and there, stuff like that. This is an offensive line that can be more of a power scheme, and that is not something that the Chiefs have ever had since Andy Reid came to town. So it's going to be a different kind of ball game for sure. You know what else this offensive line is set up to be right now? is a line with depth. When's the last mm-hmm. time we had a line with depth? Uh, since Andy Reid came here, never. No, never. This is the first time. Like, at center, you could have Andre – is it Andre Blythe? Yeah, Andre Blythe. Uh, Austin. Austin Blythe, thank you. So you get a Blythe, potentially play center and guard. So that's a dual threat right there in case Smith goes down mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe LTD gets cut like I yeah. had predicted. We like I, versatile players here. Yeah, and that's what we want to see. Wiley can kind of do the same, but that's why we have Remmers as well. Remmers came into this team as a right guard. And then he moved in the right tackle when Shorts went down because we had no real other option. Mm-hmm. And then he, I mean, there was nobody else you're going to put at left tackle. So, he, like, unfortunately, he had to be the left tackle. And that's a, I mean, that's a total different position by itself. So, like, Remmers is another guy I think we're going to keep as well, uh, mm-hmm. unless the back issues really get crazy, which I doubt it does. It's just spasms right now. So, I think Blythe and Remmers are a lock. They might be for depth. But I think they're a lock to be on the team just because they can play somewhere around the position. Um, I think I'm – I don't know about you, Mike. If you look at the left side, though, for depth, we're, we're not looking as great. We have Durant, Allegretti, really. Right, right? but you, but here's the thing. There's flexibility within the yeah. offensive line now because obviously – Because Bites can play either guard side. And, they, and he's done. And Lucas Nyang has worked at, as far as, as in, in the offseason. Yes. As yes. a left tackle as well. He's been making left tackle movements. He's been working on the footwork when it comes to You're that right. throughout the offseason. So this is something he's not completely new to, and so keep that in mind. So even if Lucas Nying is starting at right tackle to begin with, if it comes to a situation where Orlando Brown does have an injury at some point, I think Nying, Nying can, uh, can uh, go over there at some point if that's what's needed yeah. because um, he's been working on that. That's one of those things. He moved, you know, because he was originally drafted kind of a, a guard-tackle hybrid. They weren't really sure – where they were going to use him yet. He's officially at this point a tackle, and they want him to be a right tackle because I think he's the best man at right tackle for the job. But I think at the same time, if something happens to Orlando Brown, Nyan can move to left, and at that point you Rimmers have right tackle in. with Remmers at right tackle, and then from down the list, Andrew Wiley. So I think and right tackle possibly, has more depth than left. But if they keep Kyle Long, Kyle Long can also play the right side. I think they're going to. I think they're going to keep Kyle Long on pup for as long as they can. I think so too. And because going into the season, they could still keep him on the roster while keeping him on pup at the same time. So yeah. I think that'll be something to watch out for, without a doubt. So who's your surprise cut though on that line? Because you can't keep everybody. Like is so from my yeah. surprise cut it was Tar- Tardif, the doctor, Canadian doctor. Yeah, and I'm su- I'm surprised the Chiefs typically do keep as little offensive linemen as they do Correct. every year. Normally it's like seven or eight guys is how many offensive linemen the Chiefs keep every season, which to me is like risky because especially in the past, mm-hmm. they where they've had no depth. I'm like, 
good lord, please don't go down Eric Fisher because, you know, if Eric Fisher was to get injured, the Chiefs were screwed at left tackle, and well, he see, luckily stayed healthy. See, and right now I have I was potentially keeping 10 total. Offensive 10 linemen, offensive linemen? That's but at the same time, I if I look at this list again, I go down the way. Yeah, like as we well, talk more and more, I think we're going to keep eight. Chiefs keep two quarterbacks this year. Chad Henney, Patrick Mahomes. Correct. The other the other two guys currently at at training camp right now. You got Anthony Gordon and you got uh Shane uh Bouchelli, who I don't even it's, know uh, if we care with how to properly pronounce that. Is he related to Bobby Boucher? Might as well. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Shane Boucher. It's the old Carolina quarterback uh son. Well, I can't remember his name to say my we're, we're, Yeah, we're not concerned about him, but he's not going to be on the roster at, at the end of the no, training no, camp. No, so. obviously not. Yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how the, those things unfold. We'll, we'll know more because, you know, with training, or training camp goes along, we have our first preseason game, obviously, on August 14th. Is that right? Correct. So it'll be that evening, that night, Saturday night, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to that a lot. We only have three games to work with this season. And so that's going to be fun to watch and look forward to because everything matters more now. So guys have to like guys that are on the the fringe, like the Garrett Dieters of the world or the Antonio Callaways, they got to step up, and make plays. Oh, you know they have they have a, they have a couple shots to make it happen. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. That's it. That's it. You don't have four games to work with. You have three now, so everything is more amplified. Uh, so one more thing before we move on here, but. I'm going to talk a little bit about the defense currently. Uh, we saw recently here a couple days ago the linebackers stepping up uh, through training camp. Willie Gay Jr. has obviously been marveling a little bit here recently. Yep. We've been seeing some of his athleticism, and, you know, that's that's great. We needed that to happen because this was a guy that came in very raw uh, coming into the Chiefs. And the, we, we all wanted to see more of him, obviously, throughout the season, but I honestly believe he was not ready. I believe he was not ready for the full load, and now he's going to be a starter for this team from day one, as well as Nick Bolton, who I think has now two interceptions in training camp I in think team drills. I thought he was up to three. He might be up to three now. I don't know. I don't know. Because he's – he's, yeah, he's – I mean, he's stepping in the lane, and he's – He's, he's taking care of business there. And that's great. We're seeing these guys fly around that's a little bit. Want. And Here's the thing. The, the weakness of the Chiefs' defense, to me, is the linebackers. Mm-hmm. And it has been the linebackers, which is why when the Chiefs, you know, I love I love what they did. They, they addressed the offensive line because it was weak. Addressed the linebackers right away with Nick Bolton from Missouri yep. because that was weak. And they know it. And they let Damian Wilson go, uh, which was fine. You know, it's not going to be – it's not going to hurt the team by any means. Bolton is a rangy linebacker. Obviously has coverage skills, as we've seen now at this point. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a good run stopper, too. And so I think Bolton's going to make an impact on this team without a doubt. I think it's going to be a tough battle to see who's kept at that point because I think you're going to keep, without a doubt, Hitchens, keep Willie Gay, keep Dink Bolton. Ben Neiman stays. But then, I mean, what, you keep DOD? But I think Darius Harris is cut without a doubt. But you you had him. I think you had him on the stays. roster. And Andy Reid and Spags both like the guy. And he's always staying on the team for whatever world I, reason. They, I know. They, I, I can they just see, like, they're around. looking at linebacker depth. And linebacker depth, you really don't got a lot of guys that can do make work right now. And that's – Harris, unfortunately, just might be that – I hate to say it, but a default guy on keeping it. Now, you could get rid of Harris and with DOD and Bolton and Gay and Hitchens and Neiman, but you're also looking at possibly losing depth in the line, outside line – backer spot as well if you use mm-hmm. that so it's it's a real toss it's really hard to pick that that linebacking core right now mm-hmm. obviously we know gay we know bolton i could see bolton starting right off the bat as well along with on the side of hitchens and neiman uh but then yeah after that what dod and he's been struggling during camp right now but he's still a special teamer that sticks on the team Correct. he's been on the team now for four years so but you have to use dod this year 
like unlike last year. And so who else is left? It's Harris. Harris knows the defense. Harris knows back stuff. And unfortunately, like I said, he's more of a default guy, if anything. Yeah, I have a question for you, Jason, actually, here. Um, looking at the transition we've had from Chris Jones now going from defensive tackle now to end, what kind of impact do you think that's going to make on the team? Because I think the addition of Jerron Reed was the ultimate decision maker to help oh, the yeah. Chiefs move Chris Jones to the outside because they're going to need pass rush from the outside. Frank Clark's still up in the air of what's going to happen there. We don't really know fully what's going to happen. but And also after that, you know, Alex Okafor has been injury prone. Mike he, Dana. Hamstring again today. Right, exactly. He's back on the, on the injury list. So add that to, once again, his career at this point. But I love the inside because we have Derek Nottie, Jerron Reed, Kalen uh, Saunders is still part of this team. And then Tershawn Wharton can still play interior yes. as well as move outside. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see if we, you know, what else. Comes I got him that. on the outside. I think he should be a DN to me. Right behind Jones. But, uh, yeah, how do you think, Jason, that Chris Jones at DN works out with a little bit slimmed down? In practice and training camp, he has been looking amazing. Yes. He was destroying Joe Tooney today in practice. Well, the the main thing that it's, excites me the most is the same thing that excites Spags the most, and that's the fact that Chris Jones, it, he's going to play multiple spots, and I like the versatility of the defense right now. Yeah. And so that that's what excites me the most. Um, you're going to have Legereus Sneed playing inside on most downs, and so it's it's all about the versatility for me. Yeah, that's the thing, because yeah. if you guys remember back when Spagnolo was defensive coordinator, or I guess I, I think it was head coach, actually, at that point, the Giants. Yeah, he was head coach. Um, but they had a package called the NASCAR package. And the Chiefs have done something similar in the past. Uh, he's, he's been with you know the team for a bit now. This is going on year three. But basically, sent all your pass rushers out there on the D-line for the front four and just rush the passer. Because if you know it's like third and ten, put, put on your D-line. Get out there. Chris Jones at D-N. Frank Clark at the other side, and on the inside, you're going to put Tershawn Wharton and Jerron Reed on the inside, and you got a you got a pass rushing freaking insane. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, what do you say about you that? can't like, double team anybody? No, it's I, I hope he does that. I would love and to it'd be, see that. And then, and then be insane. I honestly still believe Willie Gay could be used off the edge at times yes. too, because of the speed and athleticism Willie Gay has. I mean, we've already seen him a little bit in camp with coverage and all that, but I think if you put him on the edge where you're getting like you know Chris you, with Chris Jones. You can't block him one on one that well. That's not going to no. be an easy thing. But put li- imagine lining up uh, Willie Gay next to Chris Jones and rushing the pass or rushing five on a blitz. I mean, that's going to be difficult for any quarterback to have to deal with an yeah. offensive line to have to protect. And uh, it's you know, Spags had a conference today. He finally got to talk, and I've been waiting for him to talk all camp. So he finally got to chat. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about Jones moving along the line too. Yeah. Jones ain't going to just be in the one spot. Jones could be over in Frank Clark's spot, mm-hmm. and Frank Clark could be over in Jones' spot. They could be swapping. Jones could be in the middle with Reed, back-to-back. So you could have a Jones-Reed uh, defensive tackle combo going on, Clark on one side, and possibly Wharton or uh, Chaco, Taco Charlton on the other, like blitzing too. Like Reed, Jones is going to be all over the spot, and that's going to be somebody that the offensive line for the other team is going to have to watch for because – you put him with anybody else with Clark's on Clark's side. I mean, that's you have to have at least three blockers for that side, if not four, to to even get by it. But that that frees up the other side with Charlton, uh, or even possibly Reed, uh, freeing up on the rush. So, like this this defensive line, we may see it some way, but Spags, you you could see in the conference in his mind, 
he's having so much fun with all this athlete, the athletes right now all on that line. He's like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't even know what's going to go on. Like we're, we're going to be all over the place with Jones and we can do whatever we want. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be fun to watch. And we already know Spagnuolo being creative is going to make an impact on the team without a doubt. So, uh, and one more question for you guys before we move on here, because I do want to talk about a little bit of, uh, the Colts situation for a moment, but, um, do you guys think that there's a chance that we're overlooking Bo Pete Keys at this point? Because, I mean, the guy was obviously a late-round pick from last year. Uh, the Chiefs do have some questions at cornerback. They have a very young group. Uh, Trevius Ward is still the left corner. Uh, obviously, Jerry Legeria Sneed is now going to be moved to be starting at the other side with the ideas that Mike Hughes would be the nickel right now. Uh, I love those guys all together, especially Sneed, and I like Mike Hughes at nickel. DeAndre Baker was on the injury report today. Once again, that's one of those things we don't mm-hmm. want to see happen. But, you know, I'm just curious, like, if, if is it a thing where Bo Pete Keys can make this team coming in as the, what, sixth, Maybe seventh the sixth. corner? So I don't know if you can make it, but uh, as a guy that I think does have still athletic ability coming in at, you know, six foot one, 202 pounds, I mean, we're in that 29 looking like Eric Berry out there in the training camp so far. So uh, we, we want to see some more of that out of him, I, see if you I, make the team. I don't think Bo Pete makes the team. I don't think nope. there's enough spots. There's just not enough spots in that secondary. You got D, uh, Devon Keys uh, or Devin Key or whatever you want to call him uh, from Western Kentucky, the undrafted free agent who's working in the secondary. Um, and Spags was raving about him. He says, man, this is one of a kind of, of each move right there. Mm-hmm. And he's just killing it right now. So, I mean, you got him uh, stepping up. Uh, I heard about Clemens the other day on one of the conferences, uh, how Matthew was loving that guy. Like, it's there's a lot of talent, again, in the secondary – and this could actually, if we keep Bo Pete Keys, though, this could kick Armani Watts out of the out of the secondary. Yeah, and like, I'm actually okay with that at and, this point. Yeah, so I if you would keep Key, kick Armani Watts out, and yeah. uh, I mean, there's there's so many different combinations. Uh, but as of this moment here, I don't think Bo Pete quite makes the full 53. He might get called up later due to potential you know injuries that may happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might be a practice squad guy if he's if he stays on the practice squad that long to begin with. Yeah, I'm okay with all that. I mean, I'd be fine with with getting rid of Armani Watts at this point, um, just because he's been given opportunities at this point, and I just I, we have not seen enough. He's not stepped up when things really come down to it. So, uh, anyways, guys, I'm really excited for going out to camp tomorrow. Uh, we will absolutely be on top of everything in the morning. We'll be tweeting. We'll be. I'll probably get on uh, our YouTube here, sitting on a live video of the practice as well for a little bit here and there, a couple, couple minutes capturing yes. some team drills is what I'm thinking. And so, uh, any guys, any guys out there, you guys are looking forward to watching or interested with in camp. Uh, I'm a big Noah Gray fan, so I want to see some Noah Gray in action, see how that uh, looks as far as in camp right now. But I, I want to capture as much as we can while we're out there. Um, any thoughts on camp, you guys, before we move to the next area here? No, I just I'm I'm really excited. If you're going to ask me the the one guy that I'm excited to see the most, mm-hmm. it's got to be Willie Gay because I know we kind of took a risk on him when we drafted him, and I'm I'm kind of a high risk high reward guy, mm-hmm. and so that's probably the one guy I'm excited to watch the most is Willie Gay. Yeah, and uh, you know, our, one of the commenters here was just asking. We talked about uh, Noah Gray for the tight end for the Chiefs who's been making noise. Uh, I, I, that's the guy I'm excited to see, mm-hmm. to see exactly how he's progressed. I watched some film on him. I watched some uh, other YouTubers uh, actually do some more film on him as well. And he he looks like a total different character 
the way he's running routes and the highlights and stuff like that, it does not look anything close to he was I, Duke. And it's awesome to I, see. I think Noah Gray's pro ready. I think he's, a, he's oh, the yeah. perfect guy to have backup Travis Kelsey because Kelsey never in his career has had a backup tight end worth a damn. And so I think for the first time ever since 2013, the Chiefs have a legitimate number two tight end in the receiving game, at least, I should say. Because I mean, they've had the Nick Kaisers and the Blake Bells is still there on the roster now. And those guys have their purpose. Look, but Noah Gray is the receiving look, tight end this, we all want. With, the way Noah Gray is playing right now, Travis Kelsey, of course, this puts a lot of pressure on Blake Bell, who came back from the Cowboys, and uh, Jody Fortson. So, like, mm. that's two big th- – like. Not all four of those guys are going to make that squad. I had all four. I'm rethinking yeah. it now. You're going to have Blake be, Bell or Jordy Forsen as your third guy. Yeah, it'll be, and that's it. It'll be Bell because they need a blocking tight end at that's the end of the true. day. So that'll, it'll be not being Bell. Bell will make the team. Uh, to your point, Jason, Willie Gay is in concussion protocol right now. So yes. it'll be unfortunate if he's not on the field tomorrow. I'm assuming they're going to take it easy on him. So uh, we, will, we will find out. You can see him in the morning. tent, I'm sure. You can see him in the tent with Tyreek. <laughs> Doing their tendonitis yeah. thing. I, I think I'll just watch him and Tyreek the whole time doing their Just watch the let's, let's check them out. <laughs> uh, well, okay, guys. Anything else around the league you guys want to talk about? Because, I, you know, the Colts situation, I had the Colts as a – well, we haven't gotten to the Colts yet in the AFC South. Correct. As you guys know out there, just been following us for a while. We're covering every uh, division in the NFL leading up to week one. We're going to skip out this week. We'll be back next week with the NFC West. But uh, – the, the Colts were a team I thought were going to probably win at least 10 games mm-hmm. in a 17-game season. I think that would make sense, especially with the running game, the offensive line, decent receivers, and then hopefully Carson Wentz can pull his head it's out of his butt. It's still a great defense. And it's fine. Yeah, the weak defense is good. The defense is going to be good. But look, if they're going into the season at this point with without Carson Wentz, and you're going to assume he's going to miss half the – you know, I'm assuming he's going to miss half the season. And obviously the guard as well is going to be out for at least half the season as well. This was Tanner. This was an injury that happened in like high school, mm. and like now it's coming back again in his life. And it's like, how? Okay, I think his career is done to me. If you're Carson Wentz, you're fragile. You're done. I don't know what else to say. I, about this I, so right quick here. Well, so yeah. I, I pointed out on my solo show that if if Carson Wentz is healthy, that's a top ten, top twelve team in the NFL. I agree. And right after I said that, he got injured. So I, I, I jinxed the guy, basically. <laughs> but this this is all over the news today, guys. I don't know if you heard, but they're already talking about Philip Rivers coming out of retirement. He technically has a dad bod right now, and they're talking about him coming out of retirement and running the team, and that might be their best option. That is their best <clears> option. But, I mean, you're looking at a guy, like, a guy like Carson Wentz. I mean, he was an MVP caliber player, and now all of a sudden I'm starting to compare him to kind of like the, the Anthony Davis of the NFL. Like he's kind of an MVP caliber player, but he sucks because he gets injured every year. And so I want yeah. to see a 250 pound Philip Rivers coming out <laughs> and oh, chucking that ball Lord. to Michael Pittman. And he still play all 17 games. <laughs> oh yeah, he won't. Here's the thing: Rivers won't get injured. He won't. He'll play no. every game. <laughs> I mean, we already know that. He'll still be out there. He'll have a baby at halftime, and then he'll, uh, he'll <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll still Gosh, still play. Darn it! <laughs> and I understand that. I would love to see the dad bod, but I also have sources who have told me that uh, Carson Wentz might actually be ready for Week One. Hmm. I, for the life of me, cannot believe that bullshit. Hmm. There's no way in hell that's going to happen. But they're telling me either week one or week two, Carson Wentz could play. 
but I'm writing him There's off. There's no way. I, I'm no writing way. him off, mm. and I want to go on record right now. His career is over. I don't care what yeah, you guys I think. think it's over. His career's done. They can say he's going to play in, play in week one, three, five, seven, a hundred. I don't give a shit. His career. You just need to pull Andrew Luck and get out of there. Yeah. Get out. There was also rumors of Andrew Luck. Let's be a great time for Luck to come back. There's another dad bod for we you. Should, so. We should take a dad bods. Jake Cutler would be a great option. Can we do a poll right now on the show? Which dad bod would you rather see? Andrew Luck's beard or Philip Rivers? That's a that's a a rough Uh, one. Post a Twitter poll for that. Yeah, I'll I'll throw that up on Twitter, guys. If you see this here, it'll be on for. uh, We'll do it for one week so we can talk about it. Which dad bod would you rather see come back for the Colts? Uh, Well, also Jeff George is probably still playing or wants to play. Oh, you know he's still ready. He's what? Yeah, fifty-six. Probably sixty by this point. I don't know, but. Yeah, I think he could probably come back and do something. And the sad thing is, is like Vinny Testaverde is probably better than all of them at this point, even though he's like 65 years old. Vinny Testaverde. Yeah. I mean, honestly, our modern day Vinny Testaverde is Ryan Fitzpatrick to me. I think it's, I think he's the modern day Vinny Testaverde. I agree with that. He's going to play forever. He might play forever. Play. <laughs> with with 12 different teams by the end of it, like Vinny Testaverde did. But, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick's actually still, you know, relevant. He's still actually he's still a good player. Is that, that's what we call Service. shitty quarterbacks I, hey, on this show is serviceable. I've been watching the dude forever, and I, I've seen him beat the Chiefs before, and I was pretty pissed off. I'm like, how do you let that, you know, you know no talent Harvard ever run around like that and beat the Chiefs and scrambling around and shit? It's just, but, it just blows my mind, like, this whole situation. Now, the Colts have many different options. They can go this route, too. If they want to go after and trade somebody – they already talked about trading for a big, big Nick because, I mean, the Eagles won oh, the yeah. Super Bowl with Nick Foles, so why can't – and Carson <laughs> hey. Wentz got hurt. Why you, can't he do the same thing with the Colts? big dick Nick? Big, big Nick. Big, Nick, Nick. I yeah. think that big, big dick, dick got small over the last couple of well, years. Well, yeah, he went so to the Bears. I <laughs> think Foles could still play. Foles could still play. Now, there's another guy situation going on right now down in Jacksonville that's under uh, – uh, with uh, Andrew Lawrence, the, the Minshew. The mustache. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Andrew Whatever. Lawrence. Why do you say Andrew? I'm not a Tre- big fan of Lawrence right now. <laughs> you don't like Trevor Lawrence? I, I think Minshew should start. Why? Because he has to. Th- we've, he was not? the number one pick, and we, we've been watching training camp, and Trevor yeah, Lawrence looks good. I, I disagree with you, Tanner. Trevor so, Lawrence actually threw a, a really nice pass to Tim Tebow. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, yeah. And so that, I, don't, I don't give a shit about Gardner so Minshew, Minshew right now. Minshew should get traded up to the Colts as well, and that could be a playoff team right there. Ooh, I like I like where your mind's so, at But, right I now. mean, Jacksonville's also going to ask for a bunch. Minshew wants to start, obviously. He doesn't want to be number two. He already announced it. So why not take a player instead of hurting your franchise, hurting the chemistry, taking some of the Colts? He's gonna go start. The Colts gotta work fast though. They gotta do, oh, they gotta they do something, something quick. quick. They gotta make something happen here. So uh, that Twitter poll is out. If you are watching live, that Twitter poll is up. So please go. Which dad bod would you rather see on the Colts this season? All right, guys. Uh, let's move it right along here. So we have a couple games to play here. We got a couple things to do. Um, so. Jason, you, I'm going to let you open a pack of cards, actually. I'm going to have you open a pack of cards because Jason has found a steal of a deal at, was it CVS? CVS Pharmacy, yes. And you're going to open up a pack of cards. You co- so, Jason, you collect cards. Tell us about your card collecting uh, history. Uh, I have collected cards since I was about nine years old, and it never amounted to shit until the last uh, couple of years when uh, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> came up through the league and... Uh, he didn't make me rich, but he made me a shitload of money just collecting his cards. So uh, this is a pack of 2020 
NFL. And so I'm going to go through this real quick. It's interesting. I, I've, op I've opened five packs of cards. There's only 10 cards in a pack, and I've already pulled out Henry Ruggs rookie cards. I pulled out 10 of them in five packs. And they're, so, nuts. And they're, they're all, different? all different. They're like all almost. different, too. They're all different. So it's I amazing. made my decision. I don't care how high I have to reach in fantasy. I'm drafting Henry Ruggs no matter what. So it's official. Okay. Round one, Henry Ruggs well, from Jason Grayson. We will know soon because after Jason's done here, we're going to release our live yes. draft Jeez. order on air. Oh, here. Uh, here, let me. Uh, All right, this is fucking ridiculous. There's another one, guys. More Henry Ruggs. Another that Henry one Ruggs. That's my 11th Henry Ruggs rookie card. That's amazing. Every so, pack of Henry Ruggs, didn't it? And every, so every I, this is I'm gonna I'm just gonna give you guys my advice right now. Right. Draft Henry Ruggs in your league. Well, I don't care how many teams are in your league, just draft him because I feel like they're gonna force feed him the ball and he's gonna explode this year because the Raiders fucking suck. So they've gotta just, you know, throw it to one of their best players on the field. Alright, let us know if there's anything special in there. Alright, so we got uh, another Chase Young. Okay. Rated rookie, Don Rose. I like that one, yeah. The see through Good fucking player right there. Uh, another Chase Young in the same pack. Two Chase Youngs. Brandon Ayuk. I know another you're kind of you're kind of on the. Fence I'm iffy about, with him. I don't you know. know what to think of him necessarily. Oh, there it is. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and Jonathan Taylor. Now I'm not really high on Jonathan Taylor uh, uh, this year, as you guys know if you listen to my last show, because uh, I think that's going to be like a, a kind of a 50-50 backfield there. But uh, I will go heavy on Joe Burrow. In my draft here, uh, I think he's going to have a great year. And then we got uh, T. Higgins to round it out. T. Higgins, I like T. another Higgins. one of yeah. my, uh, both of our favorite I, players. I like T. Higgins; he's a good player. Yeah. So that's another good guy to reach on in fantasy. Yeah. So speaking of fantasy, you guys, so you guys ready to know our draft results coming in? We we draft one week from t or one month from today, I should say. Yeah, I just shot a, a quick uh, shared link out there to the our group Perfect. chat. Perfect. So we can get them on here. So maybe give them just a second here. Okay. Uh, Jason, just one of curious here. What's the best card you've opened in the last 10 days? The best card? Yeah, what's the best card you got in the last 10 days? Well, I mean, you you can't buy packs in the stores, so it's, it's, so it's this very is, difficult. So this is it. That. Yeah, that, that's the only one. Okay. So I guess I would say, I mean, I got Joe Burrow. I guess that was the best one I pulled out of the packs today. Okay. Got a okay. Burrow. Okay. And you got a Tua as well, though. You get a Tua. Oh, yeah. I, I got a couple of Tua's, but the jury is still out on Tua, so I'm not sure about that guy right now. All right, Mike. All right. I we think are it's time. official now. We have now unleashed the draft results. We can all begin mock drafting and preparing our uh, draft strategies yes. now based on our draft picks. So. By the way, to answer your question, no, I'm not excited right now because I already know. I'm number one because I get the number one fucking pick. Every year. Fucking You're going to be so very surprised because I clicked the button about one minute ago. Oh, no. So, <laughs> that means I'm fucking last, right? <laughs> okay, well, okay, guys. So, number one, I'm going to I'm gonna read off the team names so those of us in our league will know. Otherwise, I will make sure everyone out there in the audience knows who whose team Which is actually ours? ours for the buffoons here. I don't even remember my team uh, name. Tanner, really? Yeah, it's, it's you have my name in it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Number one, we have our uh, two legit two Colquitt is our number one. Number two wow. is Dumpster Fire, which would be Kevin, as we all know. Uh, number three, Tanner, is you. I got a third pick? You are third pick. Peyton Manning, baby. You are third pick. Take Peyton Manning. After that, we have Hollywood Nail, four. We have number five, Arizona football team, which would be your brother, as a matter of fact. Oh, We've yeah. had on the show Connor Dawson. 
and after that we have number six. Password is Taquito. Uh, Taquito? Taquito? Is that? Taquito. I can't see the full word on here, so I don't, can't really That's remember. Right. So right in the smack dab of the middle is one of our good friends, uh, the other Jason. So uh, number seven is Tyreek and Destroy. Uh, number eight is myself. So I am now number eight on the selections. I now know where I should be mocking at. Number nine, E.T. Phone Mahomes. Um, mm-hmm. And then number 10, I am Legend. Number 11, Blood is Lubricant. And number 12, The Big Buttfucker. Are you kidding I, me? That literally. Are you Jason, kidding me? <laughs> so Jason J.G. is number 12. That's the biggest jinx of all time. <laughs> oh, my but You get the last pick. On a brighter note, I, I'm definitely uh, – I think I'm going to get Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook probably by that. You're round. probably not going to get at 12? at 12. At 12? You're going to go draft a tight end mm. at 12. Actually, no, Justin Herbert. Yes, there you go. Justin Herbert. 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 Quarterback. Herbert at 12. Quarterback. Go for it. Round go one for, for Jason. Sure. I would love it. Go for it. So, what do you, Tanner, what's your initial thought real quick on having the third pick? Well, knowing the third pick that I, ha- uh, that I had the third pick, now I'm like, okay. So, my usual draft strategy, I'm usually towards the middle or late round, so I can go really receiver or tight end. But now I'm early. I got to go running back, and it's going to be running back. So, I got to figure out exactly who's going to be there, who do I want. You know, is it Barkley? Or not Barkley. Uh, Zeke potentially could be there. Derrick Henry could t- potentially be there. But also an Alvin Kamara could be there too. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of my top three I'm thinking about. But, I'll, I mean, obviously running back is probably going to be honestly where I'm going to go for my first round. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. I know for me being at number eight, that's weird I, for me. I have some flexibility without a doubt because depending on who falls at running back, I mean, I could see a Barkley fall or Nick Chubb fall. I love both those guys, even though Barkley had an injury. I don't think Elliott's going to be there. I think he'll be gone before that. Yeah. Uh, but Tyreek Hill will be there, and that's a guy I could have on my radar. So if I want to go receiver right away after that, then I, in, the, in the, the beginning of the second round, I'd be looking at guys like, I guess, you know, your Austin Eckler's, Antonio Gibson's, or Najee Harris would be mm-hmm. the running backs I want to look at at that point. But, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor could be also an option for me at the back yes. end of the first round. So uh, I've got some things to work with. We have a month to prepare, so I will be mocking – my booty off here in the next few weeks. So, Jason, what do you think of number 12? That The most interesting thing for me about pick 12 is that I've never had it before in my whole life. So this is it's a first time for everything. And my favorite thing about having the last pick in the draft is that I know I can figure out a way to screw over Mike Settle over here, except for the fact that he knows my mind. He knows the way it works. And so <laughs> he already knows who I'm going to fucking pick. So I'm not going to be able to screw him over this year. We're going to do, do RB0 again, aren't we? We're oh, not, I mean, we say screw running backs. We never do running backs. Screw running backs. We're taking five receivers in the first five rounds, and then the running backs can go F themselves. And now, we just don't even, don't even touch them. So you're saying doing RB0. I, I disagree with that. Yeah. I think the pendulum is starting to swing in fantasy. I think it's time to go WR0, and I think you're going to see a trend in that go direction. I'm not saying that I'm going to start that trend. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. As a, you know, With fantasy, the pendulum starts to swing every couple of years. The, the truth is, though, as far as you guys out there listening, the, the truth is with fantasy right now, there's more good receivers than there is good running backs that you can pick up right now in fantasy. So getting that running back early at this point yes. in stage is important, especially if you can get a guy that handles a full, full workload. I mean, if you can get a guy like if, if Elliott's in shape, which he is, uh, Barkley comes back, which we know Barkley is very talented, and Aaron Jones is your uh, number one AJ, yeah. number one starter kind of deal, you know what I mean, like where he gets most of the, you know, 80% of the workload. 
that's more valuable than a receiver who is going to get, you know, 70 catches for a thousand yards. So getting your running back early is important still in fantasy right now. Yeah, I think uh, the other initial thought that I'm having right now is just the fact that I don't have to worry about drafting a quarterback until late because Mahomes is going to be long gone, you know, Mm -hmm. especially in our league. By the time I pick 12th, I already know he's going to be gone. So I can just sit there and wait, which is something that we always tell you guys to do on this show. you got to wait for the quarterback. Just wait until the 5th, 6th, 7th round because you don't want to reach for a quarterback. That's not a good strategy. Careful, guys. I was looking at the list just now, and Clyde right now is going in the second round. That would be a steal, in my opinion, as as a second rounder. So if it, if his ADP holds up, which it probably won't, it'll, it's going to rise. It's going to rise. Then I, I, I would be happy with snagging that one for sure in the second round. Yeah, I wouldn't put him top three. but All right, you guys. Well, I'm going to stand up real quick. Those of you following on YouTube, check out our T-shirts, as a matter of fact. Tanner, uh, thank you very much to your lovely wife for helping yeah, create correct. these, as a matter of fact. Correct. So my wife just created uh, some sports buffoon T-shirts here with our logo and everything else here. Uh, Mike, you can stand fully up if you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah, your headphones. I got a little so, so it does have the sports buffoon, the sports podcast at the bottom, just like our logo. Uh, it's very creative, very well done. So super excited and thankful for her on that part. And no, yeah. they're and no, they're not for sale. We're I'm just about to we're about to play our card game. Is all correct? But yeah, just to be clear, I would have worn my shirt tonight, but I had to roll with my homeboy because yeah. this mm-hmm. is this is a big football right. show, and I, I don't this care about anyone else right now. This is the kickoff, in my opinion, yes. to football season. This show right here is a kickoff without a doubt. So, By far. Uh, we're going to play a little game here. So we'll, the game is going to go like this. I have these cards in my hand right now. And these cards are going to be – each card has a wide receiver's name on it. These are receivers in the top uh, – you know, the top 50 receivers in all of fantasy football. And so each card has a, has a name and has their ADP on it. We're going to play a game of overvalued, undervalued. So none of us here know who we're going to pick or what's going to come out. I do know the names, obviously, but you guys don't know who you're going to pick. And so I want you guys to give me your honest input on each player you select. <laughs> we're each going to end up picking five in the end. So I will have five players. You'll have five. Tanner will have five, and we'll go from there. So, um, Tanner, do you want to do the honors of the first pick? Let's do it. All right. Let's go like this. Who'd you get? Alrighty, guys. I get the ace of spades. Julio Jones, guys. Wide receiver for the Titans. ADP, 42. 42. That would put him at the top of the fifth round, Tanner, in a 12-man league. Oh, that's that's way too high. High? This guy's going a lot lower. As far as you think is you, you think he's overvalued, undervalued. He's over, he, this is undervalued. Undervalued. He, okay. Well, the problem is, is like the guy right below him is Ceedee Lamb, and we're all big fans of Ceedee Lamb on this show. All right. So, so if right. I look at it here. Here. So AJ Brown, obviously, is going to be higher than Julio. So that's a 20 ish. Look, he's sandwiching between Tanner, Chris, Chris Godwin, and Ceedee Lamb. Higher, higher. You put Julio over put, Evans and Keenan. I Allen? would put. Yeah, I'd put Julio right under uh, McLaurin and 30. So I think Julio oh, okay. Jones should be right around your 30 to 33. Now, just to be 84. clear, we're doing, we're assuming half point PPR? Correct. Right now? Okay. Correct. All right. So Tanner goes with undervalued on the 42 ADP of Julio Jones, right? Correct. Overvalued. I thought you said overvalued. Un- what did you say? You under- think it should be higher. You think, I think it's it should undervalued. Be, it should be 
drafted sooner. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So you think his 42 oh, wow. ADP is under? Yeah, I totally yeah. disagree with that. I think he's going to get injured and play like 12 games. The year. gosh darn verbiage is getting you. Tanner. I know, right? <laughs> All right, Jason, you want to go next? Yes, let's do All it. All right, pick one. Dun, 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 Grab a card. Dun, 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 All right. Ooh, DJ Chark. DJ Chark Jr. Chark. ADP of 98. So right now, guys, I'm going to say he's a little bit overvalued. I understand a lot of people are thinking he might be a, a candidate for a bounce back here. And while I think that's possible, uh, you got a first-year quarterback in there. And so we all know that he's, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he's going to throw it to Tim Tebow every time. <laughs> no, seriously, that is just a joke. But I, I, I don't trust DJ Chark for an ADP of 98. I'm going to go overvalued here, okay. and that that's just my opinion. We uh, A lot of guys out there are going to say, oh, well, he's going to have a bounce back here and all this and that. I, I'm just not buying it right now, so I'm going to go yeah. overvalued. Chark disappointed me last year. I, I thought for sure he would play better than he did, and here's the thing. The guy right below him is Jerry Judy. The guy above him is Cortland Sutton on the ADPs currently. So that's yeah, kind of that's a Chark, tough one. Chark last year didn't have the best of quarterbacks. Minshew was right. hurt all year but long. So. I, well, what I'm saying is, give him Trevor Lawrence. I mean, things it work out be better. Something different. Right, without yeah. a doubt. All right, I'm gonna go next. Uh, next here, I'm gonna draw a card. I have got uh, oh, John Brown of the LV Raiders, not the LA Raiders, not the Oakland Raiders, but the LV Raiders. His ADP is 127. As a matter of fact, so he's towards the very bottom of our list of the top 50 receivers, and I think that you know I think that this could be a guy that's a little undervalued because he has potential in this offense to get playing time. But I also think that it's fair because I think that the guys above him, like I would, I, you know, in my opinion, I'd rather have a guy like Jalen Waddle or a Mike Williams. Or, or Cole Beasley. Uh, sure, Cole Beasley. I'll take Hollywood Brown ahead of him. Yeah, Hollywood Brown, yes. Marquise Brown should be ahead of him, in my opinion. Those are all fair. So I think John Brown's probably a little overvalued, uh, mainly because I wouldn't touch him because I think that the Raiders have more to work with than John Brown. John Brown is who he is at this point. There's, He's got there's, a little bit, a little uh, checkered he, past as far as his injury history, too. Yeah, right? so yeah. I, th- I think he's not a guy that's going to, like, all of a sudden make a big strides and, and become a 1,000-yard receiver. That's not who he is. That's not what he's ever going to be. Um, I think there's guys with bigger upside that I would rather touch uh, in fantasy. Yeah. So. All right, Tanner, you are up next on the card list. Grab one. All right. Ooh, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. <laughs> Wide receiver for Washington. All ADP right. is 30. 30.7, mm-hmm. technically, if you want to get mm-hmm. crazy about it. So yep. looking down here. So the third round. So some guys ahead of him would be A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley. Uh, mm-hmm. Some guys right below him is Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I, I, I think he's right exactly where he should be. Right around that 30 mark. I, don't, I wouldn't put him any higher because I think Metcalf, Ridley, Jefferson, and Brown all are going to be potential higher uh, or better picks at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't really drop him below Allen Robinson. So 30, I think he is just right where he's at, and I would not do anything different. Gotcha. Interesting. All right. Well, Jason, you are up next. I've got Antonio Brown, wide receiver for the Buccaneers, ADP. 117. So my initial thoughts on that is I'm going to say overvalued just because 
when you think of the Buccaneers, they got a bunch of guys uh, on that team that they're just sitting there waiting to do some things in the playoffs. And so when I'm thinking of it from a fantasy perspective, uh, I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to invest a whole lot on an Antonio Brown at 117. I think he's overvalued. I think he's probably going to do a, a lot of good things in the playoffs, but during the regular season, you're not going to be able to depend on him. So I'm going to so, go overvalued. So that's also mm-hmm. guys like right below him are Landry, Randall Cobb, who's back with Green Bay, uh, Corey Davis, Hollywood Brown, and Mike Williams. Like, would you uh, put those guys ahead of him for fantasy value? Oh, yeah, I'd put a Hollywood Brown ahead of him for sure. Okay. I like Brown because we saw him turn it on a little bit during the, the postseason mm-hmm. and then the Super Bowl kind of touchdown as well. Uh, so I think that I think Brown to me is this is obviously Jason's card, but Brown, I like yeah. Brown over guys like Boyd Cooks and Devontae Smith, who's unproven at this point with the yeah. Philly Eagles. Uh, so let's see what yeah, I. And I just real quick, another guy that is sitting right there. If I could get him instead, it would be Curtis Samuel. Yeah, he's, he's right, right, the right there. Level. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, that's fair. Curtis Samuel's a good player. All right, I am drawing next and. I have ended up with Jerry Judy, wide receiver of the Broncos, with an ADP of 105. Uh, and Jerry Judy is one of my favorite uh, prospects coming out when he was a rookie. Uh, I like Jerry Judy. I don't really like their quarterback situation all that much right now. Who because knows what's It's, it's confusing. It's confusing is what's it going Teddy? on. Is it Teddy? Is it true? Teddy? Is it true? And, and the, even, even the fantasy experts out there of the world don't even know what the ADP is because they don't know. Is Sutton going to be better? Is Judy going to be better? Because their ADPs are within 10 uh, picks of each other, yeah. so we don't know who's going to be better one way or the other. I will say Judy performed better in the back half of the season than he did in the first half last year. I think that Jerry Judy should be higher on the ADP list. I think he is a little undervalued. I would take Judy over guys like Debo Samuel, who's ranked higher, yep. Jamar Chase, who's ranked higher, and I would even take him over Robbie Anderson, who's ranked higher. So I think I would put Judy more in that 90 or 85 ADP range. Yeah, I agree. Because, yeah, despite it doesn't matter who's really starting quarterback, the guy's going to get targets. Uh, uh, Judy's a great athlete, and yeah. Yeah, he, he's going to get touches. So I think Judy's about where he should be on that. All righty, guys. DK Metcalf, I received mm-hmm. for Seattle, an ADP of 2.1. No, 21. 21. <laughs> I, thought, I was looking for the period here. Uh, so DK sitting at 21 on this one right on the dot. Uh, guys ahead of him, such as Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Ty, Tyreek Hill. Guys below him, Ridley, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, McLaurin. Uh, man, I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd keep him right where he's at. I Again, it's another pick here. I think it's hard to go any higher or to be able to pick any higher uh, to move up. Um, but I would not drop him probably any further than 22 or than A.J. Brown to 22. So if you do anything, it's kind of a mixed bag right there in that 21 range between uh, Metcalf, Ridley, Jefferson, Brown. Uh, it doesn't really matter the order there, but I'd say he's probably right where he should be because Russell Wilson is going to need a target this year, and he's going to be going straight DK all day. I'm going to go a little bit undervalued on him just because I know the Seahawks are going to be throwing the ball a lot more this oh, year, God. more than people are used to, and so I, I think he could overachieve that, no doubt. Yeah, I like DK quite a bit. Jason, mm-hmm. you're up next. Ooh, let's go with CD Lamb. Wide hey. receiver for the Cowboys. <laughs> mm-hmm. ADP of 
So he's hanging around there with guys like uh, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper. I definitely like him better than Amari Cooper. Um, I can't really think of a guy that I like better than him. Uh, I like uh, so, Adam Thielen better than him. Yeah, I guess you make a case for that. I'm going to go with uh, properly rated on that. I think he's about okay. where he should be. Yeah, I like CD quite a bit. He's a, he's a good player without a doubt. I am going up next here, and the pick is in. And let's see what we end up with here. I got Keenan Allen of the Chargers, ADP of 33.8. And so, I, I mean, Keenan Allen every year, he, he puts up numbers. He's been consistent. When he's healthy, the guy does a great job. And Justin Herbert being the quarterback and that pass-happy offense at this point, this is a fitting situation yeah. without a doubt. I would I would take Keenan Allen over Allen Robinson without a doubt. No yes. questions asked. Uh, which Allen Robinson is above him by about one spot ADP-wise. Uh, and I'd probably – I mean, with that said, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say I'd take him over Terry McLaurin, though. So I, I think Keenan Allen at 33.8 is properly rated on this. This would be the end of your third round or the beginning of your fourth round. And to me, that is fair for where Keenan Allen should be yeah. taken. I, I mean, every I year, he's about the same range every year, right? Correct. So we know what to expect out of Keenan Allen at this yeah. point. As long I, as I would say he's overrated just because he's never healthy. I mean, it's very difficult to trust the guy. And, oh, by the way, you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin below him. So I would take either one of those guys all day long ahead of Keenan Allen. But they're pretty close. Gotcha. All right, Tanner, you are up next. Dun, dun, we got a few dun. more cards to go, guys. Oh, Chase Claypool, wide receiver for the Steelers, ADP of 81.4, uh, which actually kind of seems a little uh, low for him, or high for him. High. So Claypool right now, he has Beckham Jr., uh, Brandon uh, Ayuk for San Francisco, Galladay, and Deontay Johnson above him, all in the 70s. And then T. Higgins, De- Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, and Sh- uh, Smith-Schuster all in the 80s as well below him. Um, I would definitely take Chase Claypool ahead. Uh, man, I think I think if anything, he'd probably go around that 65 mark on ADP. I'd put him definitely above Galladay, uh, Ayuk, and Beckham Jr. So he's sure. undervalued in your opinion. He's undervalued. No, yeah. I totally disagree. He is overvalued. The Steelers are going to run the ball big time this Man, year because Big Ben can't throw the ball worth a shit. I, and he's ranked ahead of T. Higgins and Robbie Anderson, yep. who has been paired back with Sam well, Darnold this year. Watch so. for, watch More than anything, guys, he's ranked yeah. above Juju Smith-Schuster, his own teammate, yeah. which is no, interesting to me. I, I'm not taking him that high. I think he's a little bit overvalued. I, 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 think, I think you'd take him definitely above at least Beckham Jr. Ayuk. You think he's going to put up better numbers than Juju? Yeah, I think he will. Well, by far. I don't by care far. about Juju. Interesting. I don't think it was a one-hit wonder with this guy. I think Claypool's good. Yeah. I like Claypool quite a bit. So, Jason, you're up next with the next pick. All right. We're going to go with uh, Calvin Ridley of the Falcons. He's got an ADP of 21.5. And just looking at it real quick, a uh, couple guys. I, I actually like Justin Jefferson a little bit better. I definitely like Terry McLaurin better. I actually call him Terry McLaren because I own a McLaren. That's not a joke. I have it at my house right now. Um, I even like I even like Mike Evans a little bit better. So I'm going to go with overrated. I mean, he's got the, the guy can get injured. Yeah. So I, I don't trust him. 
Uh, but twenty one point five, yeah, he's overrated for me. Okay. I think he's rated that. I think he's get that ADP because he's gonna be force fed with Julio Jones gone. I think Matt Calvin, Ryan, Matt Calvin, is gonna force it down. His throat. Calvin's gonna have a hundred catches this year. Yeah, easily. he should. He should. I, I just don't trust him to stay healthy this year. Gotcha. All right. Well, all right. I'm going next, and with my next one, we have Deontay Johnson, wide receiver of the Steelers. ADP is sixty three point eight. I am so confused, you guys, with this one. This makes no sense at all to me it because doesn't. we have three Steelers now in the top uh, 50 of wide receivers. I already told you guys Juju is ranked below Chase Claypool, and Chase Claypool is ranked below Deontay Johnson. This makes no sense at all to me. I understand there's this, like, infatuation with Deontay Johnson. Uh, to me, at the end of the day, this guy is just not as talented as the other two. No. And I know we're, we're talking about we've seen things of him, like he's fast, you know, those kind of, those kind of things. But, like, is he going to be getting WR1-type numbers? Absolutely not. No, he's not. Not, not, not at happen. all. I think Deontay Johnson being rated at 63.8 makes no sense. I'd put him I'd put him under Judy or Jerry Judy. I'd probably put him under Man, Antonio Brown. I, I'd throw him probably, yeah, right around that like, Cobb mark. The 122, I'd, 123 for mark. Me, for me, Deontay can sit somewhere around 180p, and I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not going to touch him. He's way in, overrated. In to my yeah. point earlier, reports out of Steelers camp is just that they're going to ride Najee Harris into the ground this year. They're going to try to get yeah, back like to Najee. the run game. Yeah. And I just don't see Deontay Johnson doing shit this year. So. Yeah, especially with an ADP like that. I'm like, the other two guys on the team at receiver no. are better anyway. Yeah. Like, I'm not messing with that. So don't take Deontay at 63.8. Tanner. Mike Evans versus Chris Godwin. 36.5 versus 37.6. Uh, I'd, I would definitely take Mike Evans over Godwin. Um, Brady has raved about Evans all offseason, all, all postseason. The guy's phenomenal. We know he's phenomenal. He has a little injury bug here and there because he gets the way he plays ball. But I still think Mike Evans is a huge target for Tom Brady. Um, and with uh, Antonio Brown coming back as well, it's going to free Mike Evans up in a lot of those deep shots that Mike Evans likes to take. Uh, Godwin, I think he's going to have a, I think he's just having injury. Like he's going to have injury issues because that's what he did last year midseason. Is he was out for what three or four games because he because whatever hammy or whatever it was. So I think mm-hmm. Evans is your better pick at this point. Um, I would not go Godwin, and I I think he's just right around. Right around that thirty-six and a half. Evans is on a Hall of Fame pace right now. Oh, Look at his numbers. Far. He's consistent every year. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, I go. I, yeah, Evans is good right where he's at, and I would take Evans over Godwin. Yeah, I think it's a coin toss on that, but you could go. I'd go. With well, that's Mike why they're they're next to each other in the ADPs by I'll one pick. So one one or the other. Yeah, I, I like Evans too. All right, we're going to go with Devontae Smith, ADP of one twelve. And looking at it right now, I mean, I'm going to go with Devontae Smith for sure. I, I think that he is, I, I'm not going to say underrated. I think he's properly rated there. Um, he's ahead of guys like Antonio Brown, Tyler Boyd, Randall Cobb. I mean, I think uh, as a rookie, you know, it's kind of a, a high-risk, high-reward play there. So I like him. In fact, I'm going to say underrated at 112. Yeah, that, Man, that's that's a tough call though. Cause yeah. I'm gonna say underrated. Like, Jalen Hurts is may not even pass the ball that much. 
the way yeah. he is. And Devontae did have an injury already in camp, so that's something to keep an eye yeah. on. But that's a tough he's under call. he's undersized. But I think Devontae can be a good good player in this league, even though he won the Heisman in college. Keep in mind he's a Heisman winner. He is undersized, but the guy, you know, great route runner, can make, can make plays. I think he'll be yeah. used actually in, some, in the backfield some on some uh, reverses yeah. and sweeps and st- stuff like that. So yeah, it's kind of a dart throw, but there's yeah. no no problem with taking a dart throw in fantasy at pick 112. No. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I like Devontae. I hope the best for him in his career. And last but not least, I got the pick here. Uh, Cole Beasley, wide receiver of the Bills, ADP of 125.8. And uh, he is, he's towards the bottom of our list of the top 50 receivers. And he is just underneath Jalen Waddell, just above Emmanuel Sanders. Now, I like him above Emmanuel Sanders, Correct. personally. I think Manny Sanders is about done. Uh, I'm, I'm over all of his uh, career. He's had his, he's had his time in the limelight. And I think him with the Bills is going to be fine, but it's not. At this point, he's, uh, he's done with. But Cole Beasley, if we're assuming both these guys play in the same team between Sanders and Beasley, I mean, we're going to assume Beasley is consistent enough to keep stay on the field, and now he's going to have a different kind of a situation with the COVID situation. As we all know, he's not vaccinated. He's very public about that. And how that takes into effect with the way the NFL has made things difficult on these kinds of players who choose not to be vaccinated, I think that's going to be something to watch out for as things unfold. And so, you know, they're going to make it difficult for him, basically, to be with the team. You know, you can't work out with the team. You gotta wear a mask at all times, which is yeah. not a big deal, whatever. But it's a different situation working with a player that's unvaccinated like that compared to a full team, which is why it's it's one of those things that's uh, publicly pushed so much within the NFL, anyways, for these team for these teams. They make it as difficult as possible for unvaccinated players to be on the field. So I think Cole Beasley though uh, could be rated higher. I think it's probably just right though at the one twenty five point eight towards the end of the top 50 receivers. You think, like, uh, wide receivers guys like Corey Davis or Randall Cobb should be picked before Cole Beasley? No, hell no. Um, so, no, I think Cole Beasley, I mean, I if think he plays. I, I would take Beasley over Cobb, personally. Yeah, I think, I think right now I'd say Cole Beasley would be at least with between the 115 and 120 mark would be mm-hmm. my range. Yeah, if he plays the whole year, he, he's got to be in like kind of like the 115 range. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and I can't imagine him not playing the whole year. I mean, otherwise they're just basically discriminating against him based on his views. Right. Well, well it's not even so much the views at this point. I think it's just the way the NFL structured things to be so difficult against players that choose the way he's chosen. And so, for me, if this was a season of a normal life, then I would say, hell yeah, Cole Beasley should be ranked higher and without a doubt. He's also a risk at this point to be taken as well because the NFL makes things difficult. And so we've seen the rules been put out by the NFL, by Commissioner Goodell. And uh, Beasley's a guy who I will be weary of drafting, even though I like him as a player. Mm-hmm. I think he's a, he's, a, he's a fine player. He's, he's been consistent because with the Cowboys, Bills, everything, been great. And now, you know, his career is going to be interesting to watch unfold as time goes here in the next year or two and see how things are handled. But, uh, to be clear, though, I do like him better than Emmanuel Sanders just because oh, Emmanuel yeah. Sanders, I mean, he's washed. He's ready to retire. So I, I would take him ahead of Manny Sanders. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, that was a fun little game you played. It was better than just doing a top 10 or top 15 as far as the rankings list. Yeah. So I uh, like we got to kind of go down the list because receivers, guys, as you know, we run with three to four receivers in our league. And so it's good to be versatile. It's good to have an open mind about depth. It's good to talk about guys who are ranked in the 150s even yes. and stuff like that, which yes. we'll have much more fantasy 
conversation as time unfolds within our show here. Um, so we'll have a mock draft live. Also yes, we'll be doing a live mock draft some point here in the next few weeks before our official draft. And we can start mock drafting now, which is cool. So yes. That's something to look forward to. That's what I love. Start doing some mocks with your pick. Jason picking 12, Tanner picking 3, I'm picking 8th. And we'll have some opinions as time unfolds with that kind of thing. So, guys, we're going to camp tomorrow, tomorrow morning. I am, oh, I am pumped. Oh, to camp. I've been waiting, so. counting down the days, and I'm just excited to see these new guys out there, this new line, the yeah. uh, rookies that have been just tremendously talked about. Mm-hmm. I'm just stupid excited about it. Absolutely. So, and it's just been good to get back to St. Joe again. Mm-hmm. Our first time in two years, get back again, feel like home every once in a while, and to go out there. So, it's always a fun experience to get back on and watch the guys on the field. So, uh, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up our first show of the new studio? Just to be clear on camp, Mike, do you know if they serve beer out there? They do not they serve beer they, they out there. They do not. Anymore. Every time no. we go there, you ask the same question. They do not serve they beer at camp. So, well, if you want to drink something, you got to bring in some shot bottles, Jason. Shot bottles. Okay. <laughs> well, since I know we can't drink, I'm going to go ahead and bring my whole family out there tomorrow. Is that okay with you? Yeah, you're sure, right. Sure. Have, have them come along. I mean, I don't know how you guys are going to fit in my back seat, but... Uh, There's a family trunk. atmosphere. Hey, empty, I'll throw them empty in the your trunk. trunk. You're fine. Who's drunk? No, in, empty your trunk. I'm doing my trunk. trunk. <laughs> are we, are we going to put your daughter in the trunk, or yes. who's going in the trunk? Okay. Well. <laughs> she wants to go to Chiefs camp so she can get my fifth Patrick Mahomes autograph. There's they're no not doing autographs. autographs. They're not doing autographs either, Jason. Do you want not to go even still? to my daughter? Not even to your daughter. Nobody's getting Nobody's autographs. Nobody's getting autographs. I need to get you know my fifth. You're going to have to you know wait until next year. The COVID monster said okay. no autographs. you got to wait till right. next year. <laughs> well, okay. I'll wait till next year, and I'll get my fifth Patrick Mahomes autograph. That's very there exciting. Go. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't uh, beat up kids like you did a couple of years ago for that. Yeah, I did. So. I beat them up. <laughs> you got in there. The great thing is funny. I didn't get arrested, and nobody's ever going to catch me because it wasn't on video. <laughs> All right. We're going to be hanging out, by the way, you guys out there listening, at a uh, brewery called, what's it called again, Tanner? River Bluffs. River Bluffs Brewing out there in St. Joe. We've never been. I think they have food there or something like that. So we're going to check that out. As you guys know, we are big beer nerds as well. So let's hope they have some Imperial Stouts or IPAs or something. And, we and we're going to the casino afterwards. That's to do some gambling. not true. Yeah, we're that not, not going to do but, that. Uh, so. It's a good try, though. We will see how things unfold. But, but there is a football card shop in town, so maybe we can go oh. there instead of the casino. There is, there is, in the mall, they have autographs I, for everyone in, in the store. I, I, Everyone's could, I could get around a football card shop. I no, could let's do, do it. Let's we'll do that. that. Let's take a look. We can do that. So we'll be, we'll be hitting up some places. But, guys, <laughs> after, after camp and all that, we will be doing a quick uh, live audio show. Of yes. our thoughts and recap of training camp day number eight. Is that right, Tanner? Yes. Uh, so we'll be doing that somewhere along the way. So keep keep a lookout for that and give a, uh, so we can give our live and thoughtless opinions of what we thought of camp and who stood out to us and capture some footage as well. So yeah, if you do see us, come say hi. Absolutely. Come Jason say hi to doesn't bite. I promise. Mm. I bite sometimes. <laughs> Not that hard. Is that one of those like funny jokes? Or no? <laughs> All right. All right, guys, we're, we're, we're done being buffoons, so uh, we're going to go take a nap, and we'll wake up and go uh, do this again another day. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Give us a follow on Twitter. Give us a subscribe as well on YouTube. We yes. appreciate it very, very much. We are going to be growing and expanding throughout this whole Chiefs season. Cannot wait to see how things unfold. Uh, we're going to have a lot coming forward. So yeah. thank you guys very much, and I will see y'all on the next one. Buffoons outro. See you guys.